Taylor, let's catch up. Thanksgiving edition, really. And we are thankful. Thankful to be here. So we are thankful for the fact that the Eagles won last night for Sam. Look at him ripping that Eagles jacket. You can't really see it in the shot, but it's there in all of its glory. We'll do it. The, the, The old school, the throwback, the Kelly Green Eagles jacket. We just, we had to do it for what happened on Monday Night Football to end week 11. Certainly thankful for that. Thankful that we are here together, Taylor. Thankful for this incredible friendship in our lives. Of course, first and foremost, that's for sure. But I know that we want to get to the Thanksgiving slate for sure. I know you've got some outstanding well, thoughts. Let's recap that Eagles Chiefs game first. Let, let, I'll let you live in the glory for a little bit. Okay, I'll go. I'll go first. I know you've got some some really interesting thoughts on it as well. But but we have to say this much. You know, there there was a lot made for the fact that the Chiefs, you know, would have won that game. And if Scantley comes down with the pass, of course, it's totally different. But I, I'm going to say this much. You know, to hold the Chiefs without a point in the second half to force the fumble on Kelsey. It's not like Kelsey just dropped the ball. That was an incredible was play by Roby to punch the ball out for Kelsey. The unbelievable pass to Devontae Smith. And I also thought A.J. Brown ripping the ball away <laughs> after that interception, even though it, it didn't count at all. But I, I just thought that was an incredible display. I'll say, look, the Eagles showed remarkable resilience in that game. And it shows you that the Eagles are capable of beating anybody, which we we thought we could. I'm going to go back to this, though. It's the one advantage in the game this year that I think is the greatest, and the Eagles have it. I think the idea that the Eagles can get a yard any time that they need a yard, and they know that, and they go into every game with that mentality, and they've proven it again and again against numerous opponents. I do want to see what will happen against the Niners, but – the fact that they were able to do it when necessary against the Chiefs on three different occasions. They didn't convert a single third down until finally on a third and one, they went for that tush push, brotherly shove, whatever you want to call it. That worked. That sort of triggered that comeback for them in many, many ways. And yes, there were mistakes all over the place, drops by the Chiefs. But I'm sorry, are we explaining away Chiefs' losses at this point for things that the Chiefs just do wrong? A little bit. I mean, I do think that if they didn't have those dropped passes, it would have been a completely different outcome. I also think that the weather did play a small factor in that game because it gave the advantage to the team that could run the ball better. But look who ran the ball better last night. But look who ran the ball better on Monday night. I mean, the Chiefs actually ran the ball better. Pacheco looked like the best running back on the field for stretches of that game, certainly. And and the, the Chiefs... I mean, in the first half, they completely outclassed the Eagles in the running game. It wasn't even close. And the way the first half ended, Taylor, it was almost such an embarrassment for Sirianni to call the timeout, to preserve the time, to have a possession, to end the first half, to then completely go three and out, give the ball right back to the Chiefs, in which case Butker's hitting another field goal to push the score to 17-7. to It looked like that game was going to be insurmountable. 17-7 with the Chiefs driving, throw to Kelsey. I mean, I'm sorry, the Eagles did make plays in that game when necessary. And there were stretches when the Eagles looked completely inept, for sure. And to stay in that game and to be patient the way they they were, fantastic. And also, we can completely eliminate in the Eagles' playbook from now on, please, please, please. The throw to the receiver in the flat, Taylor. I, there's no play. I know. I hate that play. As well. I always hate it, no matter what team's doing it. Running to your right or left and passing the ball 10 or 11 yards, which actually gains you nothing. And the defense has all the time in the world to react to that play. It's putting your receiver in a hopeless position, too. 
it was all, I mean, it, it should have been pick six. The one to Devontae Smith where A.J. Brown whiffs on the block absolutely should have been a pick six. It nearly was. And then the hilarious part is the Eagles come back on the next play and throw the same exact pass to Julio Jones for a gain of nothing once again. It's a great play to your running back if you throw it for about three yards. It's an awful play if you throw it 10 yards all the way to the boundary to your receiver. Where's he going to go? It but just, so many teams do that play, and I don't understand it. It just makes no sense. So I'll, I'll just say this much. In a game where Hurts, before that throw, first of all, Hurts only had 100 yards passing in the game before the throw to Devontae Smith. And he only finished with 150 passing yards to begin with. But Hurts is finding a way, and we got to say this much, the Eagles don't quite look like last year. The, clearly, there was more confidence in the offense last season's version. And I would say Hurts – had a much better season if we're looking at I didn't at walk away from last night's game thinking but thinking that the Eagles looked dominant nor the Chiefs. If anything, I thought that they would look like two better than average good teams going up against each other, but nothing about either team blew me away last night. And, and let's say this much, Taylor. I was most impressed, and I'm sure you were also, defensively. Both of those teams mm -hmm. defensively are better than I recognized. It certainly turned out to be such a display for the Chiefs defensively, I thought, all over the field. The Chiefs looked really impressive defensively, and then the Eagles get to hang their hat on the fact that they didn't actually allow the Chiefs to score at all in the second half. Of course, yes, if Scantling catches that ball. Which I think they're like the worst second-half team in the league. Which makes no sense at all. This is a team that is the worst scoring team in the second half. How is that possible? And if you look into the fourth quarter, it's even worse. It's even worse. In the fourth quarter, the Chiefs actually are even more inept than even the third quarter. And this is a team that we assume every time Mahomes gets the ball in the fourth quarter, he's going to drive for a game-winning score. And nearly did that last night. I also want to say this much. The game would not have ended on that Scantling catch. Hurts and the Eagles would have had about a minute 30 to go and to try for a, a game-winning touchdown of their own. And that that, that could have happened as I do well. Think, I, I do think you have to acknowledge the fact that had – those that those were uncharacteristic drops from all those Chiefs receivers. Let's let's say this much: the Chiefs lead the league in drop passes, so we have to acknowledge. But it wasn't it's not uncharacteristic. Those were very catchable balls. Look, both teams had to deal with the rain, so that's that. That's one thing. And let's say this much: the Eagles' game plan clearly was: we're going to try to take Kelsey out of this game. They didn't want to get beat by Kelsey, so the Eagles defensively did that everything. That should be every team's. It should be. And look what happened. But here's why, Taylor, because Kelsey's not going to drop those passes. When you're putting it on other receivers, when you're putting it on Watson, when you're putting it on Scantling, when you're putting it on Tony, that's where you're seeing dropped passes. Yes, Kelsey had an uncharacteristic drop also mm -hmm. last night. But for the most part, you're allowing for other receivers to do that. And I'm sorry, we can't say that it's about Tyree Kill because, again, this team won the Super Bowl last year without Tyree Kill. So – this is just about where you choose to put your money with your team. I don't think anyone's crying for the Chiefs. I don't think anyone thinks the Chiefs can't go to the Super Bowl now based on that game. And I don't think the Eagles look like the most dominant team in football because of that game. I'll just say this much, and I'm going to save it for later. This sets up the Eagles, though, for the one seed in a way that perhaps I was ready to completely concede the one seed to the Lions. This game now at least turns that slightly. But I'm going to save that for The Lions, that Sunday game. For them where they had that incredible comeback against the bears that was a yeah. remarkable comeback awesome but but taylor will turn I, I have one more theory i'm going to give you before we go about the eagles and what they should do with the rest of their schedule but i'm going to save that my final thought on last night is simply that that really there should be some credit to the eagles defensively i mean i mean first of all 
Jalen Carter almost made an unbelievable interception on a spike ball. I don't know how he did that. And A.J. Brown, I thought A.J. Brown had the play of the game, Taylor, ripping that ball away from Snead the way that he did, sort of lurking around that interception, just waiting for that moment where he could rip it away. Unfortunately, his shin had touched Snead at that point. It was a down ball on the interception. But that was – there were plays. Look, there were there were plays. There were incredible, remarkable plays made by both teams. The Mahomes touchdown pass on the first the, – the first touchdown was classic vintage Mahomes, of course. And, and, and it looked like Mahomes was going to come down and win that game. But credit to the Eagles for holding on. Sirianni for, for doing what he does, you know, again and again, going forward on, on fourth down, the push the way that it was in the end zone. It seems they gained four yards on that play every time. But, Taylor, let's turn our attention – Thanksgiving football is giving us not only Thursday, but Friday football as well. And I know you have been Tim Boyle for Friday. How exciting is that? I got to say, you know, overall, I think, you know, my thoughts on Thursday night football. I, I feel like we get enough football between Sunday and Monday. Thursday at times feels like, all right, I'm not quite ready to start the week. Oh, I love it. I, I do like There was that period of time during COVID where because of rescheduled games, I think we had a football game on every single day of the week. It was fantastic. There was definitely, there, there was definitely couldn't Tuesday ask for anything better. And now to get Friday football, Taylor, I, this is this is a great one. And and it's, you know, it's a shame the Jets look like they do right now because Dolphins Jets look like it really. I actually think it makes more. it more interesting. I think that you knew exactly what you're going to get if you put Zach Wilson into the game. Now you have a little bit of unknown with Tim Boyle going in there. I think this is his fourth career start. Um, he's had so much time to learn under several quarterbacks. I think we could see something exciting. We don't really need to see that much from him. Not that Zach Wilson was throwing that many interceptions because he wasn't, but if they could just get a little bit more than what they were getting out of Zach Wilson, their defense is good enough. I think that you could potentially see maybe a turnaround for the Jets. It's possible. The, the Jets defense, it's just it's such a shame to watch them go out there and and play the way that they do and put that team in position and again and again and again offensively. I feel bad for Garrett Wilson also. I mean, it just yeah. – and Brees Hall, frankly. I mean, that, that team could be doing more. And, look, just a week ago, I said to you that potentially the injury to Deshaun Watson – and, of course, since then, we haven't even mentioned it yet, Joe Burrow oh, Joe also. Burrow, that's right. So the fact that you've got two teams in the AFC with starting quarterbacks that we're not going to see again, I thought it paved the way for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets to get in. It's still possible. It still could happen. It's still possible. Point. It's still possible. This game, I mean, they, they would essentially need to beat the Dolphins for this to be possible at all. But I guess it's still out there. I mean, I'm interested to see it. You know, the Dolphins I'm are interested. I think it gives them a better chance of putting Tim Boyle in than it does if they were to just stick with Zach Wilson. What I think will be very interesting is if somehow they do pull this off and Tim Boyle looks great, then it will be like, well, why didn't you guys do this earlier? Why didn't we do this earlier? Yes. And the Dolphins are not exactly completely healthy either. You know, Mostert's going to be really the only running back. This is not exactly the team that, you know, the, 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 Eagle, the, the Dolphins have not exactly looked like the team that put 70 on the Broncos, right? It's right. been a while since they've been that dominant. And, you know, with Tua, I'm sorry, I always see little pieces of Tua's game where there's a moment where a team like the Jets can take advantage, and, and, and this could be interesting. I, I, I still overall think, yes, the Dolphins are going to win this game, but – to your point, this is perhaps more interesting without Zach Wilson. If the NFL is scripted, they'll definitely have the Jets win this game. I, I just think, look, for the sheer purpose of having Aaron Rodgers play meaningful games and potentially get into the playoffs, I mean, that's all we wanted, of course, when he signed with the Jets. We thought that this division was going to be so incredibly exciting. Of course, it turned out to be your AFC North that is actually the most exciting. Yeah, let's oh. talk about the AFC North. What do you think about now that Joe Burrow's out, now that Deshaun Watson is out, how do you think that that affects – so the end result, I think that we all, we both had all three or four teams making it to the playoffs. Yes. 
I, I don't think I, I didn't I don't know that I had the Steelers making the playoffs. I really thought I, I really thought the Browns and, and the Bengals and the Ravens could absolutely be there. And again, I was the one driving the, the Browns bandwagon wow. for sure. And but again, I thought it was gonna be on the back of Chubb. So when Chubb went down, it, it was really stunning to see this team pull it together. And then with that win on with the win on Sunday. Anything is possible with that defense. That, that win, That's another team that they don't really need to be doing that much offensively no. as long as they can. That win against the Steelers was, was I mean, it was just, it, it was really impressive to see them pull that together and, and to pull that out the way that they did. I mean, it, it was just. It was it, a boring game up until, it was really, up until the end. It was really awful, frankly. I mean, unless unless you have Jalen Warren in fantasy, it was kind of one of those games that just didn't make any sense. And you knew it was going to hit the under the way that it did. And it was just, it was going to be a slog. But to see, I mean, again, to see what, what Miles Garrett did, again, that play in the end zone was just mm-hmm. absolutely monstrous. I, I still so think- So do you have the Browns and the Bengals still making the playoffs? I'm more confident in the Browns than the Bengals. I just think the Browns have – I mean, look, we have a chance to see the Bengals now really without Burrow. It's not fair to say in that, in that first game without him against the Ravens, you know, that that's where you're sort of just dealing with the shocking moment that he's not there. To see them now preparing if, if, if truly it's going to be Browning a quarterback and if they're going to go in that direction, you know, that's going to be really interesting. I just think there's more that we've seen from the Browns from a resilient standpoint in this season to already know that they were doing it without Chubb. They've already played multiple games without Watson. So it mm-hmm. feels as if the Browns are really in that. They're also position. in a better position right now. They put themselves in a better position record wise. We just did. They, they just absolutely did. I mean, I'm sorry that that was such that and their was such, defense is what their number one strength is. Yes. And, and, and for some reason they are still able to get and And Joku also has looked completely inspired as well. You know, and Joku mm-hmm. looks like someone who's trying to make a difference out there and sort of carry that offense at times on his back. So I don't know. I mean, it's interesting now, look, someone, you know, what? do we, do we think that the Flacco at this point is, is going to fascinating? I mean, if it, there's anybody that could go and put them in, put, take them on a run, it's him. It, it certainly is, is Flacco. And maybe, look, maybe DTR is just going to do it, though, right? I mean, maybe this is going to be enough for that team. It, it certainly, to this point, looks like that. And, and so I'm going to say this much. I think the Browns can get there, in which case, clearly, I think, by the way, Coach of the Year would be completely locked up at that point, right? I mean, I'm sorry, but if Stefanski pulls that off without John, without Watson, that is, I mean, that's maybe the greatest coaching job I've ever seen, if he pulls that off. I mean, that, that's two catastrophic injuries to, to overcome that, that I just couldn't even imagine. But I'm going to say this much, Taylor. I actually still think, I still think there's a path for the Raiders. It depends on what we really think of the of the Bills here. The tech, Look, the Texans are clearly going to play a factor, but you could have, you could have the Texans, the Browns and the Raiders all still make the playoffs. And that is a fascinating one. I just, I think the, the Raiders are just playing. They've done it before with an interim head coach. Yeah. I'm just going to always I mean, seem to play better than an interim head coach. It, it seems so. And it's not like we've gotten a ton out of Aiden O'Connell, but there's just something there sneakily about the Raiders. Devontae Adams is still such a difference maker. I, I They played incredibly inspired against the Dolphins. I, I'm just feeling a little something there that this opened up, you know, that, that that's Burrow and Watson to be down really opens it up. You would think naturally the Bills should be that team, but the Bills are just such an enigma. And so, I, all right. So, so Taylor, you're saying you don't think the Bills make it? I, they would, in my scenario, they would have, they would essentially have to not make it. So I'm going to say for the Bills, I mean, for a team that obviously had incredible expectations, there's just something not. I agree. They don't look right right now, but I, there's no team. There are very few teams like the Bills that they could easily go on a run at any point. And we'd all be saying, oh, gosh, well, of course, they now just pick it up in the second half of the season. And they're going to get an opportunity. They finally to got it together. And they're they going have to get all the, they have all the pieces that they need. 
They also play the Eagles and the Chiefs still ahead of them. So those are two games that could define their season, not just in the perception of what we think, but obviously in the record books. And, and that's going to matter most. So so we'll, we'll see there. All right. So so Thanksgiving Day, though, Taylor, I mean, what do you think? The fact that we're going to get, you know, the Lions, who, by the way, have not played well on Thanksgiving in recent memory. I believe mm-hmm. they've lost six straight Thanksgiving games. But this Packers team has, you know, again, take it for what you will. I'm going to take the Lions it feels like a natural. I mean, the Packers, that was, it was an impressive win against the Chargers. We talked about drops against the Chiefs. I mean, poor Quentin Johnston, but I mean, the Chargers are just, I mean, even Keenan Allen was dropping passes uh, at Lambeau. I just, the Packers early in the season, I was so impressed with Jordan Love through three games. And then it just has not looked the same since. And you know me, I'm a Matt LaFleur guy. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what he did in his first three seasons there in Green Bay. This is an uphill battle. I, I don't see the Packers as the team. And, and it feels like the Lions had that scare on Sunday against the Bears, and it's yeah. not going to happen again on Thanksgiving Day. I, I, I just don't necessarily think that's what we're going to see. The nightcap game is also really interesting, Taylor. I, I, I just I, I think the Seahawks and Niners, really, there's so much there. I mean, if Geno if Gino really wasn't able to come back in that game against the Rams, this would be a lot different. But do you think this is a game where – I mean, we've seen the Niners – they certainly look good right now with Chase Young. But- yeah, I think that I think the Niners are going to be just fine now that they've got Debo Samuel back. It completely changes their offense. They're able to stretch the field. It opens everyone else up. I think and of course, the Niners are going to win that game. And of course, with what I mean, look, with with Chase Young on defense. I mean, how it almost feels unfair, Taylor, that the Niners got Chase Young. And it was you know because because it's not what Christian McCaffrey was late last year in a trade. And by the way, for the Niners two years in a row to be the biggest splash when it comes to trades is, is pretty impressive. I don't know how they have though. But that defense is is terrifying. I mean, obviously, what they had done to Trevor Lawrence is just. I, I mean that that was just. I I really couldn't believe what we were what we were seeing there. That that was when you see what Jacksonville can be and, and you see what the Niners did uh, against that team, it's just, it's a lot. I mean, that, that's just, that is an incredibly impressive team. And then of course, the way they took care of Tampa and now, yeah, I would say the Seahawks have a sneaky way of playing incredibly competitive in these games. You know what? Yeah, gonna, but if Gino's elbow isn't a hundred percent, which it doesn't And again, and, like and Walker and Walker's not feeling well. So right. you got to lean on Charbonnet in that game. So I guess, you know what, look, to be the contrarian, I'll say Seattle. I'm going to say see the Seattle way to to stun everybody on Thanksgiving night, and then and then you got the Commanders and the Cowboys, Taylor. And of course, it feels like a layup. I mean, the Commanders have really they played incredibly well in two games against the Eagles, but they've really and early in the season they, they were they were looking great at two and zero. Do you see any way that the Cowboys don't really just I feel like absolutely it's the Cowboys game to win on Thanksgiving, especially? And and I'll say this much for the Cowboys: the Cowboys have shown up against uh, inferior, uh, yeah. inferior opponents this year. The Cowboys have done some significant damage, uh, including to the to the Giants. And and now and now we think this is going to happen to the Commanders. What they did to Carolina, this feels like their game for sure. All right, Taylor, I'm going to throw a wild theory at you now. Okay, we went through all the Thanksgiving games, but I want you to hear me out on this. It's it's kind of crazy. So the Eagles right now have one loss, and the Lions have two, and the Niners have three. And of course. One team obviously gets the one seed in each conference. And conference record is the second tiebreaker behind head-to-head, okay? Mm-hmm. So my theory, after the Eagles beat the Chiefs now, in this incredible stretch where the Eagles played the Cowboys, the Chiefs, then they got ahead of them, the Bills, the Niners, and the Cowboys again. Now, it's unlikely to think the Cow- that the Eagles are going to go 5-0 and in those games. They've already gone 2-0, and but to think that they're really going to go 5-0 and in those games – is pretty ridiculous. So in a theory that says they're going to lose at least one of those games, I think the Eagles should rest everybody 
and treat the Buffalo game as if it's a buy. Absolutely yeah. not, because that's prepare, one that you feel like you can. No, prepare, because that's one that you can absolutely win. Prepare for the Niners. And you're setting yourself up for way more pressure later on. But the Niners and the Cowboys games, because no, here's the thing. Sam, the Bills, you don't do that. Bills loss, the Bills loss is only really a half a game in the standings because it doesn't give you a conference loss. Whereas the Niners loss would give you a conference loss and a head-to-head loss in a tie. Yeah, but what's guaranteeing you that you're going to beat one of those teams? And how do you not know that one of the other teams aren't going to falter? It's Look, it could happen. And obviously, right now, you've got a two-game cushion on the night. I've never heard of such a strategy in my life. This is I'm sorry, but I'm selling this to everybody. This is the the non-conference loss will not hurt you as much as the conference and head to head. I see that, but you can't just pick and choose which games you think you're in. I mean, it's always the games that you don't expect to lose that you end up Yes, the only way this turns out, the only way it turns out well, the only way that you're commended for doing something as crazy as this is, of course, if you come out and you beat the Niners, and then, frankly, you probably, and you need to win against the Cowboys. I mean, at that point, you really almost need to win out. But it seemingly is there in front of them. This Bills game is such a chance to just get – I mean, you know that they put If you're going in for a coaching interview, I suggest you don't. Um, I'm going with this theory. theory. This is my theory. My theory is get yourself another buy wherever possible. And this, of course, is to set up for the real buy that you're going to need in the playoffs. It just – it's so obvious that last year, I mean, the Eagles and the Chiefs benefited so much. That that singular buy is just so interesting. No, it's huge. Than when you gave away two. And I think this is the Eagles' greatest path. The Eagles are, are going to have to either win out or they're going to have to make sure they beat the Niners. It's going to come down to one of those two. They're going to have to do one of those two things. Because I just, yes, they have a cushion right now where they could lose to the Niners and still have one less loss, right? Obviously, the Niners have three losses. The Eagles have one right now. But if the Eagles falter against the Cowboys or against – they also have a game in Seattle, and they've never beaten Pete Carroll. And in any game that matters, they always falter against Seattle, it seems. So that's my theory. I'm throwing it out there, Taylor. I'm telling you right now. On Sunday, I think the Eagles gave themselves an opportunity for my theory, which is to just rest up, get nice and healthy, don't go overboard in this Buffalo game. I feel like game. you've had too much Save turkey it. already, and Save it's this. like affecting your brain. Save this for the Niners game because the Niners game is – infinitely infinitely more important than the bills game it just is it just absolutely is because it essentially is a swing game it's an extra half a game whereas the bills is a half a game less important so that that's it all right taylor one thing before we go in regards to thanksgiving is there anything that you find incredibly i mean look i heard the other day from someone that i really respect and and really love who who just absolutely hates pumpkin pie all right and and is there? Is I don't there, like cranberry sauce. See, I love. I, I'm I'm just a salty, sweet, savory, sweet guy. So cranberry sauce for me is just. I'll put jelly on eggs. So like I'm already Ew. in that weird. Yeah, I'm already in that weird place. So I, I'm a bacon and syrup guy. So so I, yeah. So I'll say the cranberry sauce for me. I really like. You're not into it. You could do without mm-hmm. it. Never liked cranberry sauce. I'm a ham over turkey guy. Also. Uh, in in almost I'm every case, yeah. yeah. So I I would say that much. And and again, I think I don't you know, dislike him though. I just prefer turkey. And did you tell me there was a time in your life when stuffing was sort of not your thing? Yeah, I used to dislike stuffing, and now I like stuffing. I could, you know what? I think if you said there was only one thing I could have on Thanksgiving, I, stuffing is where I'd go. That stuffing, would be the one thing you did have. I would have yeah stuffing. If I could only have one thing on Thanksgiving, it, it would, would be, be sweet stuffing. potato casserole for me. Okay, that's a pretty great one. Not with marshmallows on top, though. Oh, see, my mom, Marlette, always did marshmallows, but she did the mm-hmm. tiny like marshmallows. And pecans way more. Uh-uh, I don't like the marshmallows. Not for me. My mom had pecans in 
in the sweet potatoes and then tiny marshmallows on top and it was just unbeatable you do like the corn flakes with like the pecan and brown sugar so that look, that's so outrageous you're right that that's delicious all right all right we're absolutely making each other way too hungry which we do a lot and and by the way one of these days maybe we'll find a way to, to, to eat some thanksgiving to get dinner yeah, together yeah. or something i mean i mean we've done french fries we've done chocolate chip cookies we've done many meals we've done sushi but this would be a great one perhaps for next thanksgiving we'll try to be together